0: The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible. A fifteen to twenty minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of the Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word. Soapy Dollar.
1: Thank you for being along with us, folks. We are glad to have you as our partners as we make our way through the Bible. Tonight we're going to keep on going right on through the book of First Chronicles. We are in these two books. They were, of course, originally one book, as were many of the 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings. Those two were actually one book, divided only when the Greek Septuagint was translated from the Hebrew to the Greek. That was the time when these books were divided into two separate works. The books of the Chronicles, written by Ezra, tradition tells us, is a review of the history of the kings of the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin. The tribes, that have to do with the Davidic lineage, the Messianic lineage. They do not discuss the kings of Israel, the ten northern tribes, only the kings of Judah in the south. We've begun the book of Chronicles with a long series of genealogies. We've talked about how important those were. This selected history now is written not as it happened, but it is written specifically for the people returning from the exile, the 70 years of exile in Babylon. After 586, when the temple was destroyed, they were taken in 515, when the rebuilding of the temple was completed there in Jerusalem. So this is a selected history written by Ezra for these men and women who have returned to remind them of who they are and their legacy, their heritage of faith, a very, very good lesson for us as well. It is often important to go back to basics in a society, in a culture, And that is what is happening here. Well, before we get to our reading from the book of Chronicles, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. We'll continue through the book of the Psalms, chapter 78, a review of the history of God's dealings with Israel. Psalm 78, 40 through 53. Oh, how often they rebelled against him in the desert and grieved his heart in the wilderness. Again and again they tested God's patience and frustrated the Holy One of Israel. They forgot about his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. They forgot his miraculous signs in Egypt, his wonders on the plain of Zoan. For he turned their rivers into blood, so no one could drink from the streams. He sent vast swarms of flies to consume them, and hordes of frogs to ruin them. He gave their crops to caterpillars, their harvest was consumed by locusts. He destroyed their grapevines with hail, and shattered their sycamores with sleet. He abandoned their cattle to the hail, their livestock to bolts of lightning. He loosed on them his fierce anger, all his fury, rage, and hostility. He dispatched against them a band of destroying angels. He turned his anger against them. He did not spare the Egyptians' lives, but handed them over to the plague. He killed the oldest son in each Egyptian family, the flower of youth throughout the land of Egypt. But he led his own people like a flock of sheep, guiding them safely through the wilderness. He kept them safe so they were not afraid, but the sea closed in upon their enemies. End of reading Psalm 78, 40-53.
0: The cross. I am finally free. after the cross, after the
1: cross, but I'm thrown away. At the cross, at the cross, at the cross. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. At hey, and we are indeed back. This is the aforementioned Soapy Dollar as we make our way through the Bible here on the Bible Live Radio program. We've just finished the book of Acts in the New Testament just a few days ago, and now we have returned to the books of First and Second Chronicles. Admittedly, a selected history written with a purpose in mind to remind the returning exiles, those returning after this 70-year period in, in Babylon. Now, you have to realize, because of that, almost all of the people... 100% in all likelihood, were born in exile in Babylon. So you could see how very important this material is. In the first place, these, these chronologies, these these uh, I'm sorry, these genealogies, they help certify the claims, the land claims and property claims of the returning exiles uh, from Babylon. And then, of course, it's a review of the history of the nation, reminding them as a people of who they are, and of course mainly that has to do with failures, with the failures of the people of Israel to live up to the covenant relationship with their God. And then of course at the same time to remind them of the faithfulness of their God, of his wonderful plan of redemption, particularly uh, as they, uh, through them as a people, the, the Messiah, the Redeemer is to come. So they, it is a reminder of them, of their wonderful heritage and legacy, that they are a part of God's redemptive plan, that God has covenanted to use them and to bless them to the degree they lend themselves to his purposes. Well, now we're going to pick up in First Chronicles chapter 8. We're going to continue with some of the genealogies of the descendants of Benjamin, uh, returnees from the exile itself. It'll start talking about some of those who are returning and their legacy, their heritage. And then we'll get into King Saul and David. You'll get into the kings of Israel, Saul and David, the first two. And then we'll go to Solomon and then go right on into the other kings of Judah. All right? Starting tonight on the Bible Life, 1 Chronicles 8:1 1 through 11:47. 1 Chronicles 8. The sons of Benjamin, in order of age, included Bela, the oldest, Ashbel, Ahara, Noah, Noha, and Rapha. The sons of Bela were Adar, Gera, Abihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoa, Gera, Shephufan, and Huram. The sons of Ehud, leaders of the clans living at Geba, were driven out and moved to Manahah Ehud's sons were Naaman, Ahijah, and Gera. Gera, the father of Uzzah and Ehud, led them when they moved. After Shaharayim divorced his wives, Hushim and Baara, he had children in the land of Moab. Hodesh, his new wife, gave birth to Jobab, Zebiah, Mesha, Malkam, Jehuz, Sakya, and Mirma. These sons all became the leaders of clans. Shaharayim's wife, Hushim, had already given birth to Abitub and Elpaal. The sons of El Paal were Eber, Misham, Shemet, who built Ono and Lod and their villages, Beriah and Shema. They were the leaders of the clans living in Aijolon, and they drove out the inhabitants of Gath. Ahio, Shashak, Jeremoth, Zebediah, Arat, Eder, Michael, Ishpa, and Joha were the sons of Beriah. Zebediah, Meshulam, Hiski, Heber, Ishmarai, Islaiah, and Jobab were the sons of El Paal. Jakim, Zikri, Zabdi, Elinai, Zelethai, Eliel, Adaiah, Beraiya, and Shimroth were the sons of Shimei. Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anthothijah, Ifdeiah, and Penuel were the sons of Shashak. Shemsharai, Shehariah, Athaliah, Jareshiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jeroam. These were the leaders of the ancestral clans, and they were listed in their tribal genealogy. They all lived in Jerusalem. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon. His wife's name was Ma'akah, and his oldest son was named Abdon. Jael's other sons were Zur, Kish, Baal, Nur, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth, who was the father of Shimeon. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, Kish was the father of Saul, Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Baal, Mary Baal was the father of Micah. Micah was the father of Pithon, Melech, Tarea, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jadah. Jadah was the father of Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Bineah. Bineah was the father of Rephaiah. Rephaiah was the father of Eliasa. Eliasa was the father of Azel. Azel had six sons, Azrikam, Bokeru, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Azel's brother Eshek had three sons, Ulam the oldest, Jeush the second, and Eliphalet the third. The sons of Ulam were all skilled warriors and expert archers. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 in all. All these were descendants of Benjamin.
0: This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: 1 Chronicles 9 All Israel was listed in the genealogical record in the book of the kings of Israel. The people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first to return to their property and their former towns were common people. With them came some of the priests, Levites, and temple assistants. People from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Uthiah, son of Amihud, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Others returned from the Shilonite clan, including Asahiah, the oldest, and his sons. From the Zerahite clan, Jehuel returned with his relatives. In all, 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodaviah, son of Hasanua, ibn son of Jeroam. Ela, son of Uzi, son of Mikri, Meshulam, son of Shevatiah, son of Reuel son of Ibnaja. These men were all leaders of clans, and they were listed in their tribal genealogy. In all, 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. Among the priests who returned were jehoi Jehoiarib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Marayoth, son of Aytub. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Other returning priests were Adaiah, son of Jeroam, son of Pashur, son of Malkijah, and Maasai, son of Adiel, son of Jazerah, son of Meshulam, son of Meshilamith, son of Emer. In all, 1,760 priests returned. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering at the house of God. The Levites who returned were Shemaiah, son of Hashub, son of Azrikam, son of Hashabiah, a descendant of Morari. Bakbakar, Heresh, Galal, Mataniah, son of Mekah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Jeduthun, and Barakiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, who lived in the area of Natofa. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalom, Akub, Talmon, Ahiman, and their relatives. Shalom was the chief gatekeeper. Prior to this time, they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalom was the son of Kori, a descendant of Abiasaph, from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korahites, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. Phinehas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him. And later, Zechariah, son of Meshelamiah, had been responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed by genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants, by their divisions, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord, the house that was formerly a tent. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. From time to time, their relatives in the villages came to share their duties for seven-day periods. The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were in an office of great trust, for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God since it was their duty to guard it. It was also their job to open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various utensils used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items in the sanctuary, and the supplies such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, incense, and spices. But it was the priests who prepared the spices and incense. Mattathiah, a Levite and the oldest son of Shalom the Korahite, was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings. And some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple they were exempt from other responsibilities there since they were on duty at all hours all these men lived in jerusalem they were the heads of levite families and were listed as prominent leaders in their tribal genealogy jael the father of gibeon lived in gibeon his wife's name was maakah and his oldest son was named abdon jael's other sons were zur kish baal ner Nadab, gedor ahio zechariah and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimeon. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Mary Baal. Mary Baal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Tareah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jadah. Jadah was the father of Alemet, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Bineah. Benea's son was Rephahiah. Rephahiah's son was Eliasaw. Eliasal's son was Azel. Azel had six sons, and their names were Azricam, Bokeru, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel.
0: This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: First Chronicles 10 Now the Philistines attacked Israel, forcing the Israelites to flee. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons. "'Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. "'The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, "'and the Philistine archers caught up with him "'and wounded him severely. "'Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, "'Take your sword and run me through "'before these pagan Philistines come and humiliate me.' "'But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. "'So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. "'When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, "'he fell on his own sword and died.' So Saul and his three sons died there together, bringing his dynasty to an end. When the Israelites in the Jezreel Valley saw that their army had been routed and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Gilboa. So they stripped off Saul's armor and cut off his head. Then they proclaimed the news of Saul's death before their idols and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of their gods, and they fastened his head to the wall in the temple of Dagon. But when the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, their warriors went out and brought the bodies of Saul and his three sons back to Jabesh. Then they buried their remains beneath the oak tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command, and he even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned his kingdom over to David, son of Jesse.
0: This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: 1 Chronicles 11 Then all Israel went to David at Hebron and told him, We are all members of your family. For a long time, even while Saul was our king, you were the one who really led Israel. And the Lord your God has told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be their leader. So there at Hebron, David made a covenant with the leaders of Israel before the Lord. They anointed him king of Israel, just as the Lord had promised through Samuel. Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, or Jebus as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, original inhabitants of the land, lived. The people of Jebus said to David, You will never get in here. But David captured the fortress of Zion, now called the city of David. David had said to his troops, Whoever leads the attack against the Jebusites will become the commander of my armies. And Joab, the son of David's sister Zeruiah, led the attack. So he became the commander of David's armies. David made the fortress his home, and that is why it is called the city of David. He extended the city from the Milo to the surrounding area, while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. And David became more and more powerful, because the Lord Almighty was with him. These are the leaders of David's mighty men. Together with all Israel, they determined to make David their king, just as the Lord had promised concerning Israel here is the record of david's mightiest men the first was joshua the Hakmonite, who was commander of the three the three greatest warriors among david's men he once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle next in rank among the three was eliezer son of dodai a descendant of ahua he was with david in the battle against the philistines at pas damim the battle took place in a field full of barley and the israelite army fled But Eliezer and David held their ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord saved them by giving them a great victory. Once, when David was at the rock near the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three, who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well in Bethlehem, the one by the gate. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well, and brought it back to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. This is an example of the exploits of the three. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was the leader of the thirty. He once used his spear to kill three hundred enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the thirty and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabziel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two of Moab's mightiest warriors. Another time he chased a lion down into a pit. Then, despite the snow and slippery ground, he caught the lion and killed it. Another time, armed with only a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and whose spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. These are some of the deeds that made Benaiah as famous as the three. He was more honored than the other members of the thirty, though he was not one of the three, and David made him commander of his bodyguard. These were also included among David's mighty men Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo, from Bethlehem, Shamar, from Harod, Heles from Pelon, Ira, son of Akesh, from Tekoa, Abiezer, from Anothoth, Sibekai, from Hushah, Zalmon, from Ahoa, Maharai, from Netophah, Heled, son of Baanah from Netophah, Ethai, son of Ribai from Gibeah, from the tribe of Benjamin, Benaiah, from Pirathon, Hurai, from near Nahaligaash, Abialbon the Arbathite, Asmaveth from Bahurim, Eliaba from Shalbon, the sons of Joshin from Gizon, Jonathan son of Shagei from Harar, Ahiam son of Sharar from Harar, Eliphal son of Ur, Hefer from Mekera, Aijah from Pelon, Hezro from Carmel, Paarai son of Esbai, Joel brother of Nathan, Mibhar son of Hagri, Zelek from Ammon, Naharai from Bararoth, Joab's armor bearer. Ira from jatir Gareb from jatir Uriah the Hittite Zabad son of Alai Adina son of Shiza, the Reubenite leader who had thirty men with him Hanan son of Maakah Joshaphat from Mithnah Uzziah from Ashtaroth Shammah and Jael the sons of Hotham from Aroer Jeri'ael son of Shimri Joah his brother from Tez Eliel from Mahava, Jeribai and Josheviah the sons of Elnaam Ishma from Moab Eliel and Obed Jaciel from Soba. end of reading first chronicles 8 1 through eleven forty seven.
0: this is my daily bread this is my daily bread your
1: we are back. We finished the section on the genealogies and tonight, starting in chapters 8 and 9, 9 he moves to the record of the men and women who returned from exile in Babylon, principally from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, and then of course the priests who returned as well, the Levites. Then we get into the genealogy of the family of Saul, the first king, and from there we start picking up then on the kings of Judah. We begin in chapter 10 with the death of Saul. We learn so many lessons from this man. He chose to disobey the Lord, but often it wasn't active disobedience, but passive indifference to God and to God's will. He didn't care enough to obey God in his own personal life and the life of the nation. Sin is not necessarily always out-and-out unfaithfulness and and out-and-out disobedience. But there is a lot of passive indifference. That is, God, you go your way, I'll go mine. I don't really want to honor you. I don't want to acknowledge you at all. I don't want to have any kind of a relationship with you whatsoever. That is, in some ways, what happened to Saul. Another thing I noticed in chapter 8, it was talking about the descendants of Benjamin, and it mentions that one of the persons there got a divorce. In the Old Testament, divorce, polygamy, slavery, there are social ills and social sins that are sometimes reported in the Old Testament without critical comment. It doesn't mean that God approves or takes lightly these sins. Often, though, it just mentions them as the reality of the era. That's why we don't take doctrine from history. We were talking earlier about Saul in particular. He's a part of our reading tonight. The idea of passive indifference toward God. Most people are not... Shaking their fist at God. Now, there's a pretty good number in our society today, it seems, that are. Maybe they're angry. Maybe they've been hurt by religion or church or who they think of as religious people or something. Or just stubborn and rebellious in their spirit. Arrogant and proud. But most people don't shake our fist. But there is a lot of passive indifference. God, you you, you go your way, I'll go mine, and let's not have anything to do with each other. I want to encourage you tonight. to seek the Lord. Come near to him, and he'll
0: draw near to you. Bible Live Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218 You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website thebiblelive.com Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.